0: Entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us entrepreneurs, increasing your profitability has always on your mind. And you're probably looking for ways to grow your revenue while growing your company. Well, you found the podcast that shares ideas to help you do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability guide your growth, and plans for your future exit. Building a a highly profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. And that's more money now and a windfall when it's time to let go. And I can't wait to share these strategies that I've learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have some great news for you. I have just released my second book called The Profit Accelerator and I'm looking for a few industry leaders and business owners to interview about how my book's 12 strategies would impact your industry. Please go download my book and let me know if you'd like to be interviewed. It's available for free only for the next few weeks while I'm interviewing business owners. I am so confident that these strategies can help any business owner to increase their revenue, profit, and value of their company without having to pay for additional advertising or marketing. Go pick up a copy at www.trajectoryprofits.com forward slash book dash download. All right, so listeners, I have a treat for you today. My guest is Andrea Hoffer, and Andrea knows what great businesses are built on strong teams. That's why she founded AHA Recruiting Experts, a company dedicated to helping leaders attract and retain the best people for their company so that they can focus solely on what really matters, growing their business. She's singing our song. Andrea is a businesswoman and best-selling author with over three decades of experience. She has managed hundreds of employees and knows firsthand the everyday challenges of of motivating a team, exceeding customer expectations, and meeting business and revenue goals. As a business owner, she struggled with high turnover and lack of good candidates. After some research into hiring practices from around the world, including a lot of trial and error, she perfected the hiring process that gets results. Now Andrea is using her experience to help community companies recruit, hire, and onboard new team members successfully without wasting time or money on poor hires that don't work out. Andrea is passionate about her work and enjoys helping others achieve their goals. The core purpose of AHA is to give leaders their time and freedom back by helping them attract, engage, and retain team members who believe in and support their mission. Andrea, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you, Marcia. I'm happy to be here.
0: Great. So we were talking um, about... Um, the challenges I think that the business owners go with. But let me take a step back before we get into our topic. You know, I always like to say, just tell me a little bit more about how you got into this hiring practice. Because as a business owner, that's probably not the number one thing we're thinking about at the time we're in business.
1: It's a very long story, but I'll (laughs) give you the, the short version. I actually go back. My initial career path was in higher ed administration. So I went and got an advanced degree in what's called like college administration, college student Mm -hmm. personnel work. And I did a lot of hiring there, both student employees and full-time employees. And I have to tell you that I learned so much about working with people And finding the right people for your job, even finding the right students for the leadership positions, that when I left and went into the business world, I realized I actually got a better education with hiring, working on a college campus than in business school, because I did eventually go back and got my MBA as well before I I left to go into the business world. So later on in my career, I I owned a spa. I had 35 employees. And as you mentioned in my bio, it just wasn't working. (laughs) We had a lot of turnover, especially at the front desk. And one day I was like, I'm not using any of the techniques that I learned working in higher ed. I'm just shooting from my hip. Hiring who's ever walking in the door and, you know, and just trying to stay on top of everything. So I I took a step back and I revisited what I had learned in the past. And like my bio says, I I researched some more what was the best practices because a lot had changed, of course. And there were, there's a lot more technology available to make it a, a little more doable. And that's how I started to get into hiring. I, I used all these new techniques in my spa and they were working great. And other uh, franchisees were asking me about it. And and I had a consulting business to help, um, that was focused on leadership development. And a lot of my clients were asking about help with hiring. And eventually that consulting business just became a recruitment firm.
0: Awesome. Well, you know, it, it's funny how we all have this kind, Or at least the good businesses seem to have this um, story of this snowball that keeps occurring and pulling yes. them in a direction that they never thought that they'd be in, but they found their, their expertise in, in a skill set, you know, often done by experience. So that's fantastic. Um, all right. So one of the challenges you just brought up for us was the fact that, you know, you were firing from the hip, right? you were going through, you know, and just hiring maybe anybody that looked cute and came in the front door and you thought that would be a good front, you know, you know, receptionist or, or greeter. And that was a huge mistake. Tell me why.
1: Well, one of the reasons was this position was not just reception position. It was a sales position. So I, in the beginning, I thought I needed somebody who was good with customer service. And if you have a position that's both customer service and sales, but you're only looking for customer service skills, that person will probably not be successful and will probably not be happy in the position. And that's that's what was happening. I was finding people who most of them were very good with our customers, but they weren't great at the sales piece. And it it was hurting my business. And they needed to make certain sales goals. They were told that but they just didn't have the skill set, or even wanted to learn how to improve in that area. So I, that was a big lesson. And, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about discovery process and, and before you're going out hiring, really know what, what you need.
0: Cause exactly. I just was assuming if they were good with people, they would be great. Isn't that funny? Well, you, you, you queued it up for me because that's exactly where I thought we would go with it because you, you didn't, understand the real true skills that your front desk needed you hired wrong and what a valuable lesson that you're sharing with us on how to really go through that process a lot deeper so that you know what real skills you need um at the task that you're doing so let's let's kind of dig into that a little bit when we're looking for someone how do we decide what are those skills that we need to have on deck
1: we actually have six overall questions that we like to take people through for our discovery process. And then it sort of drills it down from there. Is it okay if I walk through those six Please. questions? Yeah, okay. that's great. So the, the first question, and, and I have to say, these questions are all about helping you figure out not only who you need for the position, but what your expectations are from the, from the new hires. And what you bring to the table as an employer. And if you don't do this first, it makes it much more difficult later on in attracting the right people and recognizing that they're either the right person or the wrong person when, when they're sitting in front of you. The first question that we always like to ask is, why does this position even exist? How does it contribute to the company mission? So. For example, when I had my spa, the front desk position was not really just front desk. That might have been the job title, but the purpose wasn't just to exceed the customer's needs or expectations, but it also was to educate potential customers on the benefits of the, of the services that we offered and encourage them to, to buy the package that works for them. So that's. You know, now, by having that clear, when I go out and recruit and and market about the position, I'm making it very clear why this position exists. So it's not just to have a smile on your face when somebody walks in the door, but there are other things that we expect. I like
0: that. So the questions that we're asking, we're asking ourselves yes, questions, not necessarily interview questions. So thank goodness for that, because that needs to happen before you place the ad You know, you've got to understand all the moving parts in there. And I love that you're saying, what do I really need? What's the what is the real position and what's the purpose? What's the what expectations do you have for this person that you're going to hire? And I think that helps you, like you said, to clearly hire the person that you need based on the skills that you want them to achieve.
1: Exactly. And a lot of people want to know, well, how are they even contributing to the company as a whole? So if you haven't thought that through from for every single position, then that person might not feel valued. Mm. And it's important for them. Every single position has its value. It's important for, for the people in those positions to, to understand what that value is and okay. how without them, without that position, we wouldn't be able to achieve what, what we plan to achieve.
0: That's a really good point because I like to say that that every person that you hire will eventually or hopefully early on pay for their own role, right? They're gonna pay for themselves because they're, like you said, contributing to the company, whether they're freeing up someone on the sales side to to do more sales, or they're actually doing the the, the revenue generation themselves. But there are so many skill or there's so many jobs and roles in the company. That support each other that allow the revenue to grow. So I love that idea.
1: Yes, and and a lot of and I'll say I've made that mistake often too. Is is not just thinking through who I need for the role, but how is this role going to contribute to the bottom line? Love it. Love it. That is important. Uh, so the the next question we we always ask the employers, you know, what are the outcomes you're looking for? What are the results? Define it as clearly as possible. Can it be measurable? How can you observe it? You want to be very specific, because if you're not, prior to putting that person in position, how do you, how do you one recognize if they can do it? If they can mm. accomplish it? If you don't know exactly what you need to accomplish. And two, how do you share with them your expectations? You're just sitting up, setting them up for failure. Mm-hmm. So you want to be very clear on that. And a lot of times that metric is very measurable. Um, one um, example I can share with you, say a job title is an account manager. And one of the outcomes they're looking for is to achieve monthly retention goal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you have a responsibility, a tied. Right. Maybe more, probably more than one responsibility tied to each outcome. So, a responsibility could be strength and relationship with clients, um, doing weekly client updates, needs assessments. And then there's a metric tied to it, something specific. It could be to retain 85% of the current client base. So, it's very clear how this person can be successful, which also will help you tie it to the profit.
0: Love it. Love it. Okay. Sounds, sounds normal, but I'm sure it's often missed, right? Yes. Laying out a clear expectation with metrics that they can follow. I mean, a lot of us just go, okay, here's your job. Go do it.
1: <laughs> right. If you look at a lot of job postings and job descriptions, and I can define the difference there, but you often just see long lists of responsibilities. And sometimes people don't know where to start.
0: Mm -hmm. You
1: know, it's like, oh my God, I have three pages of responsibilities. Where do I start? How do I prioritize? And how do I know I'm doing it well? Mm -hmm. That I'm doing what's expected of me. I think I am. I'm doing what it says on the paper there, but I don't know if I'm really achieving what needs to be achieved. And, And people need to know how they can be successful. Love it. And the, the next question is all about skills and experience. What skills okay. and experience are needed to do the job successfully? And this is the one that you'd usually see that long laundry list, right? Like you look right. at any job posting. Yeah, you have to have these two pages of skills and experience. So I, I want you to dig deeper, right? When you're thinking right. about this, do they really need all that's listed you know, could you narrow it down to four to six things? Don't overwhelm people when you're mm-hmm. at least first posting the position. And also, if there are certain things they they truly need, are you able to train that? Okay. If you have the right person, they're a great fit for your culture, which we're going to get into in a second. Um, but they didn't have, say, experience with a specific software. We, we ran across this a lot when we're doing recruiting, where we we bring these great candidates, but the business has now shifted to a new software program that not a lot of people have experience with and they want somebody who has this software experience. Well, often you're going to find that it's going to be more expensive to continue recruiting to find that one gem (laughs) that has everything else you need plus the software experience than to maybe invest in that training for that person and a lot of candidates are looking for training for professional mm. development so it could be a nice attraction i love
0: it and and if you can narrow it down instead of you know the long laundry list and you narrow it down to a handful of really key, key skills i think you open the door to more people that would apply and you can <clears throat> see that you know sometimes and i've said this before that you know men men need two out of 10 and they're applying for it and women need all 10 to apply for it or or they're not going to do it but if you reduce the number you might attract better quality candidates that may not realize that they're qualified already in handling that situation and through a you know a deeper interview you might find a better candidate rather than having the the long list i mean that's what at least i pulled out of it it makes much more sense that way
1: Yes. And there have been so many studies backing up what, what you just said. It's so funny how men were like, oh yeah, I can I can do two of those things on on the list. And women are like, right. I can do 99, but that hundredth one I haven't done before. And so I'm not gonna apply. So you will, you know, you'll open up to more diversity uh, by being specific with what you truly, truly need.
0: And this wasn't a man hater comment. It was just a funny fact. So we love our men. We love our men. So there's nothing wrong with it. What I'd love to see is that women have more faith in themselves that they can learn on the job and go in. If they've got six out of 10, apply for that thing. Right. You know, so that was my reason for the comment, but um, all right. Awesome. So we've got three, right? Three really good questions to ask. What's the fourth one? And the next one
1: is about organizational culture. It's about your core values. And, mm. and sometimes businesses or business owners, especially if you're early on, haven't put a lot of thought into what their core values are. What we always say is, you know, let's take you through a few exercises to figure out what your guiding principles are. They're probably going to be shaped and changed a little bit over time as you, as you move on, but let's have a starting place. Have anywhere from four to six, more four to five is probably even better, that are most important to you that you want everybody in your team, doesn't matter what the position is. Right now, we're just talking about overall core values for the organization, that you know any position, if they are following these guidelines, that this is their roadmap to making any decision, mm. they, that you know you don't have to be involved in, right. in everything. And so the more that employers and the leaders of an organization can do this, but not only kind of come up with overarching core values. Like I hear honesty and trust a lot, so broad. I'm I'm yeah. not gonna hire somebody who's dishonest, or at least go try to hire somebody who's argue. <laughs> you know, try to we we ask people, try to be a little bit um more thoughtful with it. Right. Use one word or a phrase, and then one or two sentences to describe how it shows up. So, for example, one of our core values at AHA is think like a detective. Everything we do. And it's so funny because sometimes when we kind of get, you know, there are times where we're kind of like we have a challenge. Okay, are we ready to put our detective? cap on. So everybody knows, you know, to just, keep. it's not just thinking outside of the box, but have you, have you dug in in every little spot? Have you, have you been resourceful? And they love it. You know, it's something that drives them. We wouldn't hire somebody who's not resourceful, who wouldn't enjoy thinking like a detective and just wants it to be within certain, you know, one, two, three structured
0: guidelines. I like it. I like that a lot. Plus it allows them to, to come back with solutions that they have. So, I mean, you can, you can go into so many layers of thinking like a detective that they're going to analyze and, and, and test and come back and say, here's my, here's my thoughts on it. Right. So there's so many different layers having a core value that, that has more than one word, right? It's more of a uh, a direction or mindset that you want to have uh, personality even that comes out with that. So really good one. I like that.
1: Yeah. You do need to be a little careful with personality. Um, and, and the reason I, I sort of jump in on that is there have been um, it's actually a, a fairly um, talked about controversial debate or is, okay. is hiring for car- core values and And doing performance ratings for core values still relevant because some people feel it starts to encourage a more homogeneous team Mm -hmm. and doesn't open up in diversity. I'm from the different um, mindset, and there actually was a Harvard Business Review article out um, recently that talks about if, if you really do the work and you really, you know, truly understand what your core values are. And how they show up and 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 talk about it that way, it takes it away from the personality. Mm. Piece. It's more about what's most important to you and and how you function each day, and it actually allows for more diversity. Love it. And we find we have a very diverse team at Aha, but our core values are our number one. It's very prevalent.
0: Love so it. it has love it. it.
1: We haven't seen it um, be a downfall. Thank goodness.
0: You know, and I think I think anything that you do, you can have side A or side B of it. And I think when you when you present something, if you're worried about someone thinking it's either side, then you're going to hurt your own interest. But if you come in and you say, okay, this is what we're doing and we're very inclusive and everything, I think you can I think you can work past anything that talks about, oh, we're homogeneous or, or our personality. We don't want a rebel over here and a bookworm over there and quiet person. We, we encourage everybody. And I think we should all do that because that, that, that leads to different thoughts and creativity that you're hiring people for their mind and their body and their time. You might as well hire them for their creativity and, mm. and different thinking patterns than, than just having a plain vanilla white shirt, blue suit, black tie. You can't wear colored socks, you know, forgot, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you gotta have, you gotta have something fun.
1: Right. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So that was four. Okay. So the next one is about specific traits. We call them success traits. Now, just to clarify, the core values is for everybody in the organization. Success traits is specific to the position. So these are characteristics or certain traits that we find for that position. We found in the past people who have these inherently um or have built them up can be successful. We think we've seen them be successful in position. So I'm going to give you an example. Okay. We at one point a couple of years ago were hiring a an executive assistant for a very busy CEO. Not just a very busy CEO, but a CEO who is very creative, constantly moving fast. Sometimes the work can be a little chaotic. Nothing is, you know, one, two, three. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, when you put an ad out for an executive assistant, you typically get a lot of applications, but you could have been a successful executive assistant in one organization where you were used to a lot of structure. Maybe it was a large organization with lots of layers, not so fast paced. You, you had certain rules you had to follow mm-hmm. and you were extremely successful. That person may not also be successful for a small yet growing very quickly, you know, business owner, CEO who is traveling constantly, his team is traveling
0: constantly, things
1: are changing on an hourly basis.
0: And so, you've got to be prepared to deflect and fly and act and and be part of it rather than following those rules and laying them out. Exactly. And got it. So, so we,
1: you know, we worked with this CEO to come up with what some of these success traits would be. And and so a few that we came up with, one, we did the, the phrase, very simple, prepare ahead. Mm-hmm. And then we described it on the posting, but it also then, made it easier for us to recognize in the interview, we put, you're always looking ahead to make sure you prepare the CEO for her next meeting, her next day, her next week, even her next month. You look deeper into things for missing details and then find them. Right. So we're, we're right. making it very clear that you do this without even thinking. Like, this is, this is in your DNA. You're used to doing this. And this is the structure or the lack, almost lack of structure that you would be happy working in and be successful. That's and, great. So, and then we had, you know, we had others too, like collaborate was a big one because the CEO had a, you know, a, a medium sized team that was, Very close, very close knit, even though they were all virtual and they were all traveling all different parts of the United States, even different parts of the world. And she wanted this person to not just be her assistant, but somebody who would work well into this team. So we had some descriptions related to that. So the more you can drill this down and what we usually recommend is drill it down put it in your job posting, make it very clear, and then use that job posting as as almost your answer key when you're interviewing. Mm. Because when we do get, you know, when we talk about interviewing and we're listening to responses, we're asking specific questions about past experience. And Mm -hmm. the more their past experience sounds like what we are describing, the more we know this person could potentially be a good fit. But like if they're it. describing their past experience and it doesn't sound like what we've described, then we easily can
0: recognize they wouldn't be the right fit. And without wow. putting
1: thought in prior,
0: you'll just miss it. Yeah, great tips, Andrea. You've really given us some really good ideas here. So you've dropped down five. What's the sixth? Okay, so the
1: final one is more about what you bring to the table. What do your team members like about working for your organization? Mm. Why did they stay and why did they leave?
0: Mm.
1: So some will stay because they really believe in your mission. They might like your leadership style and you want to define what that is. It it could be that you your organization supports a certain charity, and that truly connects them. It could be you have certain benefits or flexibility that attracts them, or they might leave because there is no structure and they Mm. are looking for more structure. You you just need to know what your organization is like, why the people who stay, stay, and why the people who leave, leave, and be very transparent during the hiring process. And that way it doesn't waste the candidate's time and it doesn't waste your
0: time. I like it. Well, these six steps really can impact a company in the way that they hire. And and I love that they're internal questions that, that can go externally to the candidate, but they're really, truly questions that you need to have as a business owner when you're making the job description, job posting, and eventually having a conversation with a candidate so that you can hire them. You have to have those really super clear understandings of what you're looking for what their job is expectations culture and everything that you mentioned i think that's a fantastic um steps or organization that you want to do beforehand so this is this has been really great andrea so where can listeners find out more about you and how they can hire hire? As your book says, and hire the great the great team that is going to take them to their next growth opportunity.
1: Well, if they're interested in the book, they can find it on Amazon. H i r e h i g h e r Andrea Hopper. Uh, but they, you know, if they want to go to my LinkedIn, um, that's a great way to connect with me. If they have a question um, or just just want to connect. And our website is aharecruitingexperts.com. Love That's it. A, another way to connect with us as well.
0: I love it. And I love aha. It's just like, oh yeah, like just like you're teaching us right here. We're like, okay, these are things that we should know that we're not doing, but you absolutely need to do to make a successful hire. So I love it. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Okay, listeners, I hope you found an idea or two to put into your business. That will help you be more profitable and now more than ever it is even more important to focus on growing your business and its revenue again i'm looking for a few industry leaders and business owners to interview about how my book's 12 strategies will impact your industry please go download my book and let me know if you would like to be interviewed it's available for free right now while i'm interviewing leaders these strategies by the way can help any business to create their revenue or increase the revenue, profit, and value of their company without having to pay for additional advertising or marketing. Go pick up your copy at trajectoryprofits.com forward slash book dash download. And Andrea and I would love to hear your questions. So hit us up in the comments from the podcast and let us know your most successful hire, your worst hire, the best question you asked, the worst question you asked. Communicate with us, tell us what's going on with you, and Andrea and I will both respond to the comments and give you feedback. So, and while you're at it, subscribe on today's podcast so that way you can hear about next week's show. And as always, you can catch Profit With A Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks so much, Andrea. Thank you.